Welcome back to the Play A Bigger Game podcast. I'm Randy McLean and we've got an awesome show ahead of us. I've got a fabulous guest. Before I introduce you to that fabulous guest, I've got something else going on that's really, really cool. In the next few weeks, we're actually going to bring somebody on live and talk to them about playing a bigger game. So how they've put in place the strategies that we've been talking about in the podcast and the people that we've been interviewing and talking about. And we're going to get to put a plan together for 90 days and then we're going to check in with them every month over those 90 days and see how they're going with playing a bigger game. So that's going to be really interesting, a bit of fun and a bit of an insight into how people just like you are using the tools, the tips, the tricks, the ideas and the interviews that we get on the show to help them play a bigger game. And I think that's a fantastic introduction to our next guest. Our guest today is Shike Vanderworth. Shike is an executive coach who specialises in mental conditioning. He's uh, worked with Australia's premier health retreat, Camp Eden, up in the Corumban hinterland for the last 13 years. He's spoken to thousands of people about performance excellence. He's an absolute guru and probably the calmest person I know on the planet. How are you today, Shike? Hello, Rowdy. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, I'm I'm feeling calm. I'm feeling well, thank you. How are you feeling? <laughs> no, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm looking forward to our chat. Yes, yes, this is exciting. Well done. Uh, I've really enjoyed the podcast uh, episodes that I've listened to as well, mate. Well done. Awesome work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my bigger game for this year. I'm really enjoying doing it. And my word for this year, as you know, is contribute. And uh, this is my way of doing it. So uh, mm-hmm. feedback's been good and your contribution will be valued highly, I'm sure. Oh, thank you. Kind words. Kind words. So let's get into it. What's, uh, what's performance excellence to you and how do you get to achieve that? Performance excellence is clearly my background. Um, the viewers may not know. I started working with athletes and coaching on a gym floor. Um, now, clearly, performance excellence in their world, in an athlete's world, is clearly defined by medals or times, that type of thing. Uh, since, though, selling the gym in 2002 and, and doing work at the Eden Health Retreat and, and taking on various corporate partners and, and organisations, clearly performance excellence becomes more about the context it's applied to and not wanting to be vague with that, but for most of us, you know, that performance excellence is, comes down to something around the conversation of potential. I really feel that most coaches will agree with me on this, that it's, it's really about um, collaborating or facilitating with an individual or a team group uh, or an organisation around the conversation of what is the potential you know what are we going to aim for what is the excellence in performance for you in that context and so just i want to clear something up when we uh, talk about coaches we're not talking about your footy coach or your netball coach or okay. uh, those sort of people you actually coach people whether they be athletes or whether they be ceos around potential performance excellence so, performance so how, excellence, do you, right. yes. how do you yes how do you how do you identify what the potential is? 
It's a great question. And I must say, I was working with a company organisation earlier this year. This conversation came up because they had in their vernacular, they had in their vernacular uh, playing to a 10. So you turn up to work in their particular department within that organisation and you play from a 10 or you play to a 10. Now, the, the conversation quickly went to, well, if we play to a 10 today, does that mean that that's what playing to a 10 looks like tomorrow? So <laughs> this idea of potential is, can be quite vague, can't it? I mean, I first came across the, con the, the word potential when I could read my own school report card. I can't remember how old I was. I was probably in grade two. And, uh, and it said that I, could show, I, had, I showed a lot of potential. <laughs> and so I said to my mum, what does this word mean? You know, and, and it, it, it is, it's fascinating, isn't it? Clearly, when we set an intention or to achieve that, you know, is, is it up to the coach then to see more if a person, you know, and it's the most inspiring thing, I'm sure you'll know this from the work that you do, Rowdy, is that if somebody believes you can be more, that's, that's about as inspiring as it gets. If somebody believes you can play a bigger game or if can see potential in you that for whatever reason you may not see yourself, um, that's, that's the territory I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I, I love that territory. I have a saying that... Um, you know, if somebody says to me, I'm doing my best, I go, no, you're not. And they go, what do you mean? Okay. You can't do your best because you have no idea what your best is. It's, it's fascinating, you know, and, it, and you'll have conversations. People don't know what they don't know. So let's, let's, let's be compassionate about that. It's not up to the personal people to, to say, you know, where my ultimate boundaries lie or potential lies. In golf, they have, an, and I know a couple of people who use this formula, um, XP equals P minus I. So XP stands for excellence in performance or performance excellence, right? So in golf, it's considered that every person has a perfect swing. So you and I and 10 other people might hold the club differently, might stand differently, but innately we have a perfect swing. That's our potential. P minus I, potential less interference, less inhibition. That I stands for everything that we don't know about ourselves and also it stands for the ways we inhibit our potential. So to answer your question, what is excellence in performance, for most people it, it really comes, comes, it touches the territory of authenticity. You know, being who you are for yourself as opposed to complying to what you think you should be or what somebody else thinks you should be and that might come from the media it might come from childhood it might come from expectations you put on yourself so once we're starting to talk about authenticity it becomes probably a, a, an easier conversation to to then you know discover what drives people um setting their intentions looking at their mindset and and these are all things that will ultimately boil down to an expression of talents through the, the tips and techniques that, that suit the individual or indeed team. So uh, I'm interested in a couple of things. So I love that formula. The excellence in performance equals your potential minus your interruptions or yeah, inhibitions. Yeah, inhibitions. That's okay. right. So I love how that. Do, I how do you interfere with your own potential? Because we're, everybody is enough, and, I'm, and I know you know this, we're, we're all regardless of our levels of self-worth or self-esteem, we all have what it takes 
to play a bigger game, you know, to perform at an incredible standard and to enjoy. Our, and it's not always, you know, am I, am I breaking world records? And I've been lucky enough to work with both Paralympic and able-bodied athletes who have done extraordinary things, really, and, and, and it's very inspiring. Sometimes, though, it comes down to, well, how do I do something that's ordinary or have an ordinary day in an ordinary life? How do I do that in an extraordinary way? Yeah, yeah. You're stretching us into places we haven't even thought about going yet. But I want to come back to the uh, potential minus interruption. Because the theory is that we, we've got it all going on, but we get in our own way. That's what you're saying essentially in it. There, there are yes. little things about our own selves that get in our own way and stop us realising our potential. Is that what you're saying? 100%. So um, the easiest thing to do, and I suppose that's what you do as a coach, is you remove those blockages. You you look for the things that are getting in the way and help get them out of the way. Is that correct? That's one aspect, yes. Drivers and blockers work hand in hand, don't they? So what drives somebody, what what talents have they got, and then clearly how how do they inhibit those and, and or, you know, how do, they, how do the inhibitors, how do, are they inhibiting another part of, of the, the puzzle? Awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. loving and unpacking this whole equation. So for people listening, they want to play a bigger game or want to step into excellence in performance, give me some quick tips on how you can elevate the drivers and eliminate the inhibitors or blockers. Yeah, yeah drivers, uh, and, and this is... Um, a key part of the facilitation process is is that that there are three key areas for me to be incredible at what you're doing to be extraordinary to be you know pushing your own boundaries and to be completely fulfilled i guess is the word i don't always see that excellence in performance as something that needs to be unfulfilled um because that in itself if you're working as you know at a high level it takes a lot to maintain that so that can be a, a, a goal in itself. But there's the certain areas that I would focus on is proactivity, being responsible for where you are, um, being developing your ability for resilience, and then, of course, linking in and, and being really good at relationship um, because as much as we are all we need for ourselves, um, none of us need to do it alone. So just run those three things again. Resilience, relationships and... Responsibility. Responsibility. Your, your ability to respond. Is that going to drive the drivers and block the blockers? It's going to deal with both elements of that equation? Well, this, this more... No, this more um, is a process of shining light onto some blind spots. So we talked about earlier, you know, people don't know what they don't know. You know, I'm doing my best. And it might really feel like you are doing your best. And sometimes another pair of eyes can see so much more. Now, having that ability to respond, taking that sort of personal accountability put somebody can put somebody in a very vulnerable place. And it's not that comfortable. As you know, stretching limitations or breaking limitations uh, can, can be can, can feel you can feel quite exposed. So that's the territory you go into when you start to really unearth talents and drivers. Now, by drivers, I'm referring particularly to um, emotional drivers, you know, things that are going to satisfy purpose and meaning 
and fulfillment that are going to be driving you in the workplace or in your family life, etc. Right. Can you, um, working on those three things, resilience, responsibility and relationships, could you give the listeners some examples of, uh, you you don't need to use names, but give us some examples of where somebody's applied that and the change that they've had as a result of it. Yeah, interesting. And you mentioned Eden Health Retreat earlier. When I first started working there a few years ago now, uh, I met a young man who was there in retreat. Health retreats normally turn things over on a weekly basis. He was there for five weeks for his 30th birthday. Five weeks? Oh five weeks. <laughs> Extraordinary. And, and for people who like being in retreat, their first impression is, wow, that's fantastic. What an awesome present. And for those people who maybe haven't had that experience of going, why, what was wrong with him? Um, it, it was an intervention of sorts. He had had such a steep decline in the previous two years of his life that his um, friends and family, you know, the close people who he was starting to hurt that, those relationships in his life, um, they got together and basically bought him five weeks in retreat for his 30th birthday because they felt that, you know, it's a stretch for him to go to, to turn 40. In the t- past two years, he had doubled his body weight from, say, about 95 kilos up to around 180 kilos. Uh, he was hypertensive on blood pressure medication and, and he was also on antidepressants to help even out some of his moods that became you know, quite extreme in their highs and lows. Now, since the age of 24, this guy finished his tertiary studies with three degrees at university. He was bright, uh, he was intelligent, and he started, his initial company was in production, his second company was in trading. And at the age where I met him at 30, he was worth a squillion and he employed hundreds of people. Uh, his, by, his, by his story, he um, was a wonderful employer. He had a, a lineup of people to come and work for him. His employees loved him. Their engagement scores were through the roof. Um, he, was, he was really kicking some goals in some areas of his life. Now, he had, he had some tragedy that happened to him at the age of 28, two, in fact, in, in very close proximity, and they both involved people close to him. And unfortunately, that put him on a downward spiral, which by the time he came to Eden, in part, he felt that he couldn't get out of that. He felt quite helpless and hopeless, in, uh, particularly in the area of his own health and well-being. Now, the first real turning point for him was to see that the talents he had in business could be applied in his personal life. That was a key turning point for this young man. He felt so helpless where his own health and well-being was concerned, and yet he was making money hand over fist. You know, there was this incongruent area in his life. His relationships, the closer you were to him, uh, the, the more toxic he was likely to be to with you and then if you were one of his employees or if you were meeting him for the first time he was charismatic he had wonderful people skills but the closer the relationship got to him and obviously the relationship with himself uh, was was a little bit toxic as well and that sort of has that that ripple effect where those things are concerned so that was you know, him being able to see that that those talents in business could be applied to his health and well-being was a real key 
in him unearthing, you know, the, 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 not just the strategy but the execution on the strategy, which he already knew he was good at, but the context needed to be shifted. Once he saw that, oh, look, he was on his way. It took him three years to turn things around, to, to, to finish the story off. But the last time uh, I saw this guy, he had his weight back under 100 kilos. He was active. He was off his medications. And, and in fact, he had a, a newborn uh, child who was about two months old um, and had been married for about a year. So he's, he's in, a, in a much healthier place, just, again, becoming aware of some areas in his life that he didn't know there was a blind spot there for him, you know. So he um, he ended up taking responsibility for for that, taking responsibility for himself. He sorted out the relationship that he had with himself and the relationship he had with others. Yeah, that's right. And this is how the whole thing, he began to, this map started to sort of fall into place for him. But it started in that first take, taking responsibility, knowing that he was the biggest influence on where he was and he would be the biggest influence on his day which then led him to where he wanted to be tomorrow. But that, that's an awesome story. And uh, it's, it's uh, probably a little bit removed from what people thought we were going to talk about. So when we started talking about excellence in performance, yes. you know, immediately you get this idea of you know, people breaking world records and setting new goals and standards. But sometimes excellence in performance is just that isn't it taking responsibility for how you show up taking responsibility for the relationship you have with yourself and the relationships that you have with others yes and yes. Uh, well that's right and, and one thing I've learned over the years you know my history with athletes was very modest in the beginning you know I worked with local people who came into our facility but then as you stay with it over time and get a bit lucky some of those people start getting better results as they're working with you. They win state, national, international competitions. And working with international level athletes, I really became aware that the whole physical spectrum where most people feel, you know, success is made or broken in that, that physical realm, but they're all awesome. I mean, we recently had a football series in Australia that I know you and I were um, intently following and all the athletes on the field at that level are incredible. Now, what sets them apart, of course, is how they show up mentally and emotionally. Now, mentally, are they able to filter distractions, to focus, to turn up when they don't feel like turning up? And, and emotionally, how are they going to deal with the ever-present gamut of emotions that we, we feel? How are, they, how are they going to take some management over that? And it's really been those two areas that I guess has really propelled me in working we're in excellence in performance and performance excellence. This idea of mental resilience, but then also the flow on it to the emotional state as well. Yeah. I, I reckon we've got lots of listeners who, well, all my listeners are superstars. We all know that because they listen because they want to play a bigger game. But I'm sure some of them are stuck in a rut, going nowhere, lost their way, would like to stretch the horizons a little bit. So... If you were going to give them three simple things they could do this week to take responsibility for how they show up, what would those three things be? Context plays a big part in what I, how I would answer this. Uh, what I would say, though, is understand that principle of how daily routines and rituals produce long-term excellence. Give me, this is give not, me an example this is not of a, What can I do three things this week 
to change my life and my world or, you know, get me that promotion or get, get me this or that. Um, it's going to be, I guess, if there was one thing I would ask people to, to focus on is how do they contribute to their own mental, emotional and physical nourishment on a daily basis? Because we all know, you know, we need to move more and eat less and, and, and you know, the healthy side, get, get regular sleep. And those things are very important as well. How then do we manage our own inspiration? How do we express gratitude in our lives? You know, what truly recharges us? And if you're wanting to turn up and, you know, give 110% at anything, you need a fully charged battery because you're going to contribute to it mentally, yeah, you're going to contribute to it emotionally, and you're also going to contribute to it physically. So those are the three things that if you are going to turn up and do something extraordinary on that day, those are the three th boxes you would need to tick. Yeah, so give some thought to what's feeding your soul. So get out there and get a bit active, um, think about what you put in your mouth and think about what you put in your head. It is, yeah, and, and know when, when you are connecting with something that, that touches you as well, you know, touches you in that, that deep heart space. Um, yeah, and we, context is probably, I guess, the, to be more specific, I would probably need more context on that. Um, a lot of the work and, and the Cool Heads program, which I know you, you're aware of the work that I do, that, that area really has sort of um, exploded recently because it addresses that whole idea of mindset and then application of mental habits which contribute to that. Right? When you talk about somebody saying um, they were doing their best, we know, you and I know, you know, it's not the sky that's the limit. It's always what's between your ears that ultimately is the limit. And I, and I guess the work that I've done specifically with people, that's been, that's been a, a very easy tips and techniques around that place that makes a, a real difference. And because ultimately, you know, if I ask you to change your eating habits, you've got to think about drinking water instead of a soft drink or having an apple next time you feel like a chocolate or that type of thing. But if you can become aware of a thought that's enslaving you in some way, so holding you back or inhibiting you, we talk about you know, the, the inhibitors and things that interfere with performance excellence. If you can identify those thoughts, you'll also become aware that they are quite habitual, much like your eating habits and your lifestyle habits. But we don't often see that mentally in ourselves. We don't understand that we probably say the same thing at the same time in the same way. And ultimately, we know that we can talk ourselves in or out of anything. So if we can become aware of those mental scripts, we can potentially write new scripts. And you can do that in your chair. You can do that almost anywhere at any time. You know, if you, if you set a regular reminder, you can sit back and start to reprogram the brain's attention to shift its focus. And that's a, that's, that can be a real game breaker. So um, to get... To play a bigger game, you've got to get your head in the game. Yes, it's that mental resilience, that, that ability to... And, and that doesn't matter if you're trying to lose five kilos or get a promotion or run a marathon or learn a, to play guitar. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you're going to the Olympics. Yes. Get your head in the game. 
Shikai, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I, and as usual, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> Isn't that uh, fantastic? Um, but there's been some really good stuff in there, I think, that people can... And the whole idea of this podcast is tips, tricks, ideas and interviews of people that on stuff that, that they put into action straight away this week that will help them play a bigger game. And I think you've just given us a whole heap. And I'm going to try and recap on them. But if I miss any, you throw them in at the end. Of but uh, I love the formula. So excellence in performance equals potential minus the inhibitors. So we could do some work on the stuff that's getting in the way. We could... Uh, Look at our responsibility, our resilience and our relationships and we could think about what's going on between our ears, what habits happen mentally that stop us reaching our potential and I'm sure there were a few in there that I've missed. <laughs> Excellent. No, Rowdy, you've nailed it. The, uh, the, it it's, it's like you when you, you, you spoke about the person playing, being their best. You don't know what you don't know. So the first, I guess the first step is that area around shining a light on a blind spot. Now, whether that happens through facilitation or sometimes you sit down with your best friend and they tell you some honest truths or your partner or, or a performance review at work, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So the first step of becoming, you know, the response, taking responsibility for certain resilience and relay is, is shining light on those blind spots and going from there. Yeah, I sometimes get some pushback with people when I say you can't do your best because you have no idea what your best is. They go, well, what should I do? And I say to them, just do your best right now knowing that it could be better. And that's what playing a bigger game and excellence in performance is all about. Mate, it's been really great talking to you. If uh, the listeners would like to find out a little bit more, gather a bit more information about the wonderful work that you do, where should we send them to? Send them to my website, shikavanderwerf.com, or just send me an email straight away, shik at shikavanderwerf.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and happy to connect. Awesome. Give us the spelling of Shike Vanderwerf. S-H-I-I-K-E, Shike, Vanderwerf, V-A-N-D-E-R-W-E-R-F-F -F for Fred. Awesome stuff, mate. Listeners, if you don't get in touch with Shike, you're mad. He is a fantastic guy, <laughs> just a wonderful person to have within your network. Generous, calm, and absolutely clever as. It's been fantastic talking to you though, Shike. We'll oh. get you on the show again in the not-too-distant future, I'm sure. Oceans of love and gratitude to you, Rowdy. Thanks, mate. You're welcome, mate. Talk to you again soon, eh?